Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Welcome, listeners, to the 167th Olympiad of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Ro- Robbie Anderton, and I'm joined by Dr. Juan Antonio Lewis Kirkham Samarantz. Lewis Kirkham, Lewis, how are you going? Good, Robbie. Hey, you know, mate, it is. It's the Olympics, isn't it? We're, it's Olympics. Uh, it's it's ring time. It is, isn't it? Fun, hey, isn't it fun? Just watching all the, all the the different sporting events that you've just forgotten the rules about, and uh, and then they bring you back the hockey, and you're like, oh, that's a good game, hockey, but I don't understand the rules. No idea right. or, or or fencing as well. You yes. know, I mean, I was when I was a kid, literally had no idea where. It's sword fighting. Why yeah. are they calling it fencing? Isn't yes. fencing isn't fencing what the guy does when he puts a fence up between the paddocks? That's right. Exactly. Spot on. And also, where's the urinal? Where's you know, we're sword fighting. Where's the urinal there? Just yes. uh, just two two grown men sword fighting. Yeah. Just no just, rules. just what happens. No, and no, no. Taekwondo, taekwondo. Parry you know? thrust. You yeah. Know? <laughs> That's right. Taekwondo, it's fun. Just kick each other. It's good. Well, I did taekwondo when I was a kid back before it was an Olympic sport. I mean, had it been an Olympic sport, Lewis, back when I was doing it, I might have kept on going. It could be two vets talk taekwondo, mate. It could be, yeah. Or one vet does talk taekwondo and the other one just talks being a vet. Yeah, but but why not? Why yeah, not? It, can't, it can't be any less relevant than what we talk about anyway. <laughs> exactly. Of that, the, as, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, the other thing that always got me in the Olympics was, um, you know, we're being from Victoria where we've got football, where, you know, you use more than just your feet. And then you watch the Olympics and they've got football, soccer, where you're actually kicking it with your foot and then handball, you're actually picking it up and throw it with your hands. And it's like, well, you know, that yeah. obviously makes a lot more sense. It's but, confusing. You know, I've been watching a bit of the women's um, soccer. Oh, I yes. I love it. I love it. And you know why I love it? Their skills are amazing, exquisite yes. skills. But I love it because they don't dive. They If they fall over and they hurt themselves, they've hurt themselves. Yes. There's yeah, no yeah. taking the big dive that you see in the men's. They roll around and until they get the free and then they're up and ready to go again. Whereas the, mag- the magic spray comes out. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, it, it's, it's amazing how the, that the affliction of man flu doesn't just happen you know, out in real life, that it seems to yeah. happen out on, uh, out on the football pitch as well. Exactly, mate. Anyway, let's get on to the show. What's been happening yes. this week? Uh, so, um, well, I've, I've had a, I've had a, a massive week this week. We've had, wow. um, uh, I've had a, a vet locked down, uh, because they had a, 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 they saw a client last weekend. So, um, that, that was, that went to the rugby. So this is a couple of weeks, you wow. know, for, for when, when people are listening to it, yeah. um, had, had a client that, uh, that came in at the time of what, before the rugby got, went from tier two. To then tier one, yes. So then, so then she was advised that she had to lock down. So she's out for two weeks. We've had a nurse get locked down because someone from their building has um has tested positive. So wow. so she's gone into lockdown as well. So I'm currently so I've, I've just finished work today, uh, six days in a row after having come mm. back from holidays. Worked it out. 54 hours of work this week. So uh, thank goodness we don't open on Sundays anymore. Oh, that's a big week, mate. That's a big week. Well, I was meant to work today myself, but uh, we've got a power. 
power outage down in down in Bay Street in Port Melbourne. So we said, well, there's no point. We can't run the clinic without any power. So we shut for the day. So I was wow. like, hey. gee whiz, yabba dabba doo today. Oh, yeah. I know, I oh, know, exactly. But interesting, you bring up the COVID stuff. I had, I had sort of a couple of one interesting phone call um, uh, during the week. Someone rang up, just uh, returned their call. They had, they had a question. Basically, they had a, a neighbour who. I'm not sure how, but they ended up being in a tier one environment. So they had to go into 14 days of lockdown um, inside their apartment. And they had a Labrador in the apartment with them on their own. And they had no one else. And they couldn't take the dog out for a walk or even out to go to the toilet. Oh my goodness. Um, because they, you know, obviously they're locked in their apartment for two weeks. You know, not not allowed, not allowed to go wow. anywhere. So the the one a friend or a neighbor said would it be safe for me if I took the dog on or am I going to get potentially catch COVID from the dog, from the owner? Right. And so I went to ring up and I said, well, if you had you listened to podcast 100 and 131 would have been about yes. the time of when, or probably 100. Well, actually, no, it was, it was supposed to be recording our 100. So it probably would have been, uh, yeah, about, about episode 99. Yeah, 99.5 probably. Was yes, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I said, you know, and, and they, so they were genuinely concerned that, you know, yeah. if I take this dog into my house, is there a chance that I could get COVID? And I sort of talked about it. I said, well, you can't. There's no studies to say that you can catch COVID from your pet, which we've mm. talked about before. I, th- I said, there's a very small risk that if they handed you the lead, or I said, you know, actually, there's probably more risk of you going to the door of the apartment and taking yes. the dog from them, meeting the owner face-to-face, even you masked up, whatever, in that sort of environment, then there is a view actually having the dog in your apartment. She said, well, actually what we're going to do is I'm going to stand at the other end of the foyer down yes. the apartment. I'm the owner's going to open the door, going to take the collar off the dog and release the hound. Yes. And then I'm going to catch the dog and it's going to come and live at my house for, for two weeks until it's over. And I said, oh, I think that is perfect. Good on you for doing that. I've, I've got a different way that they could have done it as well, which, you know, if you can yeah. go back into your DeLorean and change it, they could have Hansel and Gretel it. Yeah. They, she could have left like little bits of food <laughs> yes. leading from the door out to the lift. Right. Yes. You know, so if they're on say the third, sto- f- third floor or something like that, so she can sit there with the door open, oh. the dog then runs in and then, on bit, of pe- do- bit, bit of peanut butter on on level two on for the for the G- ground up, level lick, lick, yeah on ground level <laughs> presses the button down you go because down. it's covid so you know that no humans have been touching because they've been touching with their elbows so the dog can then go down <laughs> hansel and gretel still out with some little liver treats out the front and then away you go Perfect. fantastic that's great that, I, i'll suggest that's the next phone call next time yes, yes. Yeah. And also I had a second one that owner, uh, a friend brought in a dog. Uh, again, the dog's been locked down. Uh, owner's been locked down. Been to the rugby union game, similar to, to yes. your. Um, uh, the client that your, saw your Jane, vets. yes. Yeah. And uh, and they um, and the dog had a little bit of a rash on it. And so they were really worried about it. So a, vet had, uh, a friend had gone round, picked up the dog, come in to see, see me. Um, we talked to the owner on the phone. Um, dog was fine. No, no, no problem at all. But then interesting, they went to pay. And we said, oh, look, we can do payment over the phone. She said, oh, actually, I've got the credit card here. And she pulled the credit card out in a plastic bag <laughs> to tap on the thing. Like, I thought, well, hang on, who's touched the plastic bag? I didn't go into the whole foam yeah, there yeah, yeah, yeah. and what it could have been, but it was just, just an interesting sort there of There was a plastic yeah. bag that, and the credit card was inside some hand sanitizer that yes. was in there. And that was in a second plastic bag that yeah. had more hand sanitizer on it. 
Yeah, and they double glove to pass over the the uh, the plastic bag to ungloved and reglove. Yeah, no. So so interesting. Yeah, interesting. COVID is certainly seems to be affecting us a bit more closely this time, mate, than it than it has in in the last time. And of course, we're still in lockdown here in Melbourne. Hopefully, only for a couple more days. Yes, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed, man. It sounds like Sydney's absolutely copping it out in and out of every orifice. But um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully we might be right for this weekend. But then it all depends as well. I don't think they're going to let us get back to where we're at two nah. weeks ago either. I think it's just going to be a very gradual, uh, a gradual release, you know? Exactly. And I really feel for our listener in Sydney. I really feel for them being yeah, absolutely yeah. a listener. Yeah. I, I, I hope our they listener. are doing okay. <laughs> going exactly. trolling back through our back catalog, going back to episode 99.5 to hear about when we first started talking about COVID. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, just to, you know, bring, bring things, you know, back in with relevance of all these addendums and stuff that we were doing, Lewis, I, I, uh, I alluded at the last, um, the last time uh, with our amendment that uh, I'd actually had a case, a suspected case of um, endospecine uh, toxicity in a, uh, in a dog. Wow. So, so, so um, this is, the, so this is the, for the listeners just sort of catching up. This is the pet, pet food, um, pet raw pet meat issue that we've had down in Melbourne. So, um, Yes, yeah, controversy. Been, yeah, been coming from Mafra. It seems Mafra meets um, raw food being fed to to dogs who then unfortunately some have died from from or got very sick from liver failure. Um, and we think uh, it seems to be or it is linked to a toxin endospecine from eating a plant from an indigo indigoferous species, which seems to be originated from Northern Territory. So somehow these animals that have gone to the, the this knackery have, have gone into the, the pet food chain. So yeah. that's, that's a little bit of a circle around, mate. So unfortunately you've had one, have you? Yeah. So, um, so, you know, it was a, it's a bit of a weird one, you know, like as, as these ones that, you know, I'm sure it would have been for, you know, any of the vets around that have, yeah. um, that, that have, that have seen these cases. So, um, the, the dog that we had, she was a, a 13 year old Kelpie cross, um, that I've been seeing for a couple of months. Yeah. She's an old dog. She's, you know, uh, got arthritis and she's on other medications and things like that. Um, and she came in on, uh, came in to see me on the Monday. Um, and, you know, sometimes with dogs, you'll smell, you know, when they, when they come in, you can smell uh, like a really high, uh, you know, sort of urea smell. And you think, okay, you know, you know the smell, you go, oh, it smells like a urinary tract infection, you know? Um, okay. So I said, look, mate, let's try and get a, because she was just a bit off food and, you know, just seemed like she was eating, but just seemed a little bit off. Um, and I said, look, let's, let's try and get a urine sample because she's been a little bit incontinent lately. Had a look and it looked like there was a whole lot of, um, a whole lot of bacteria in there. And, yeah, right. Blood cells and stuff. God, looks like a urinary tract infection. Here's some antibiotics. Um, you know that should sort her out. Let me know if things aren't aren't going right, and we'll um, you know we'll we'll, we'll check her Recess. out again. Yes. Yeah, yep. Um. So then Wednesday, so 48 hours later, the owner rang up saying, "Look, she's really not eating at all, and I'm a little bit worried." Come down. Mm, so you know, we. We'll, yes. We'll, we'll check her yep. out. This is the thing. Something's not right. So we need to check and see what's going on. Um, so she came in on the, on the Wednesday and from where on the Monday, she looked fairly normal and seemed like everything was going okay. On the Wednesday, she was 
absolutely bright yellow. She was oh, jaundiced in the eyes, jaundiced in the mouth. Like, so all of her, um, her mucous membranes were yellow. Gum color. Um, yeah. Right. She, wow. She was so, so, you know, that's when you go, Oh, crikey, hang on. Something bad's happening with the liver here. Yes. Um, and she wasn't like, I know she wasn't like it two days beforehand because she's actually got a little lump on her eyelid. And so I'm always looking at that eyelid. And so I, I look, flick it up the eyelid up to have a look at it. So I know the whites of her eyes were still white at that stage. Yes. Um, the owner bought me in a urine sample and did a urine dipstick. And one of the things that we test for on the urine dipstick is Billy Rubin, Billy Rubin being the bile pigment. Now I did a urine sample on her on Monday and there was no Billy Rubin yeah, in her urine right. on the Monday and on Wednesday four plus. So wow. it was absolutely chockers with Billy Rubin. Gosh. Um, and I said, Oh my goodness, this is not looking good here that something's happening with your liver get her started on a drip um talking to the owner you know do you have chickens or rats go well, i do have chickens and there are some rats hanging around so something oh hang on could this be lepto yeah, so, leptosporosis. so, yes. so leptosporosis so all right, zoonotic disease so therefore we better start being very careful everyone gloves on you know um ash who's who's pregnant you're not going near the dog you stay right yeah, away and all that yeah. sort of stuff um so leptosporosis and, we have talked about before there's occasional outbreaks we get get around certain areas sydney melbourne that sort of thing which is basically spread by sort of ice suppose rat urine generally yes. getting into you know getting into dogs uh something a dog's drunk or eaten or, or something like that so yeah yep, yeah. yeah and, and, and very and, and, similar and potentially signs. can be spread to humans so that's yes. the reason why it's yes. so important and to make humans very sick as well yes absolutely yep. so um so you know ran the blood tests and um and then I sort of thought, you know what? I think, I, you know, so I rang up the owner and I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm really worried there's something bad happening with your lip, with this dog's liver. What do you feed her? And, and I said, have you ever fed her any, any raw, raw meat or anything like that? She said, it's actually, yeah, I, I get, I've got raw, raw meat that I, that I get, I buy it from a place in Listerfield um, and uh, yeah, just bits of cubed meat. And I actually bought a new bag on Saturday, a fresh new bag and gave her a couple of bits on Saturday. Wow. I said, oh, do you know, do you know where they get it from? She said, oh, oh well, look, I've, I've, I made sure. And they said that, no, it hasn't come from the, the, the place where the, where the, the problem with the meat was I said, oh, okay, right. Um, do you know where they, you know, what was on the package? And so they gave me the name of a company from Dandenong. And so I might actually just call them up. And so I called up that company in Dandenong and I said, look, where do you source your, your meat from? And they said, yeah, Mafranakery. Yeah. So, oh, so what dear. that means is that my client's dog who bought the, bought the, the stuff from Listerfield that had come from Dandenong Gosh. had actually been originally sourced from Mafra. And, wow. and we're trying to work out when that food's going to have come from. They've actually, um, they, they said it probably came through to us in the first or second week of July. So mm. that's sort of right at the end of when <sighs> the, the recall has ended up happening. And so this was all like probably, you know, this was the, the day before the recall officially wow. happened. So, oh, dear. Um, so, so, um, so this dog, we do, we're trying to do all the supportive things, had it on yeah. a trip, giving it, um, and antibiotics because, you know, again, you know, is it lepto? Is it, is it a liver yeah, infection? Yeah. Who knows? Um, anti-nausea medication because the dog's just vomiting left, right and center and salivating and feeling really crummy, um, treating it for pain and, so that was on the, the Wednesday that we started that. 
on the Thursday, she was stable-ish, you know, in that she hadn't gotten any worse, but she was still looking pretty yellow. On the Friday, we then did a um, did another blood test and her liver enzymes had actually come down. But I think that was because her liver was so bad because all the things that you look at for liver function had all gone down as well. Mm, so dear. so her total bilirubin, that bile pigment, had gone, had doubled in, in amount. So oh, she'd gone oh, from wow. 120 to 240-odd. The, all the other thing, signs that you look for for liver dysfunction, urea, which is a, the nitrogen waste product, um, glucose, so your blood sugars, and also protein were all down. And so, and the dog was starting to look like she was getting a bit neurological. So I actually um, got wow. in contact with um, the vet down in Bansdale. Oh, yeah. Um, who dealt, like a, so he's, he's dealt with like 35 of these dogs. And I said, look, what's the clinical course that you've seen with these guys? What what have you seen in the ones that have survived to the ones that haven't? Because I'm really worried that this one's looking bad. And he said, well, the ones that survived were the ones that looked pretty happy, but they just weren't eating. The ones that were looking really bad and really, um, really unwell – they usually either died themselves or they had to be put to sleep. So, oh, so wow. I spoke to the owner and said, look, this is, this is where we're at. You know, she's, I think she looks like she's getting worse. Yet we can go and put a, a, a feeding tube into her and we can try and do all this stuff, but her prognosis is pretty poor and she's an old dog and she's been a chronic cougher. And mm. so she's got all these comorbidities as well. So in the end, we ended up having to put her to sleep, but oh, um, what we've been able to do is that, you know, the, the department of agriculture have been fantastic in, in sort of helping out because they've actually, so we're, they're helping us out with doing testing on her for the indispecine toxin. So yep. we're actually testing her blood. Um, uh, we're testing, we've got samples of the meat, both the current bag and the previous bag, because you're going to had it frozen and had it separated. Wow, in the freezer. Okay. Oh, so on. we're able to test both of those. Um, also then, um, after she'd passed away, the owner consented to um, collecting some post-mortem specimens. So I've actually collected all, um, you know, some liver, some kidney, some spleen, yep. pancreas. So that's actually gone off as well for, um, uh, for, for analysis. So that we can that's, try and get a definitive diagnosis. That's so sad, mate. It's, um, it is, it is. So yeah. Very close to, close to home to have, you know, one of your, your patients affected like that. That's um, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it just, and it does just hit home as well of, because uh, I and I, I thought in Mount Waverley, my clients wouldn't, you know, I would my animal uh, patients wouldn't be at risk of it because, you know, all, the, all these animals are down in Bansdale and I, there was yeah. one in Frankston and one in Cranbourne, so I think well, I thought we were far enough away, but. Yeah, as it turns out, no, you know, so I, I straight away, um, like as I said in last week's episode, straight away sent out an email to all the clients saying, if you are feeding raw meat, stop. Yeah, yeah stop find it. out yep. exactly where it is from. Yeah. And I think this is then a, a lesson for really everyone from now on of that if you're buying raw pet mints, so not human grade pet mints if it's something that you pet meat if it's something that you would eat yourself mm. you're probably okay mm. but if it's not something that you would eat, if it's if it's labeled for um you know pet food only and it's raw meat find out exactly where it is from make sure that you can follow the trail of where it's from yeah definitely definitely and i guess as well though just with the the if, if even if you feed the human grade stuff there's a reason why we don't tend to eat human grade raw mints 
ourselves. We're all, we're all chicken ourselves, and that's because yes. there's a, there are other bugs in there as well, unrelated to what you're talking about. So, yeah, make sure you know if it, you, know, you do need to cook some of those things as well is what I usually recommend yeah. too, particularly minces and hundred uh, percent and chicken. Yeah, yeah, I, I I don't feed raw raw food to my pets at all. You know, um, for 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 for, for better or worse, I don't do it. So you know, well, I um, is there a food brand you'd recommend, mate? Well, funnily enough, Lewis, there is. You know, Ron, delicate care. Tell me you know? more. And 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 I tell you what, you know, if you've if you've got a cat that has just recently been diagnosed with having an, a a stomach mass that's been electro lassoed by a by a friend of the show, Doctor Clint, yeah, yeah, and that you, the, and that the biopsies come back showing that there is mild uh, uh, inflammatory bowel disease, and you're thinking, my goodness, I need to do an elimination diet on this cat because I'm sick of running around and picking up vomit from it. There is a food that you can try lewis and it's called delicate care sensitive skin and stomach yeah right so uh, melvin's a big hit for it mate really absolutely yeah yeah Good. so un- un- unfortunately for poor you know andre sent the uh the the the, the cherish you know to for the for the cats to have a shot at but it's like melvin you are not going near the cherish whatsoever right not for you so yeah so, okay yeah so we're all well, the, I- on the on the delicate care sensitive skin and stomach for melvin because it's a novel protein diet it is uh, a delicate care Australian made Australian owned anything and everything that they that can possibly be from Australia is Australian in it absolute minimal yeah. um, uh, stuff that doesn't come from Australia their supply chain they can follow everything of yes. where everything's come from so and that's that's definitely an important part of it no doubt about it. but also the cherish brand I did get the uh, a free bag uh, or sample bag shall we say it's you know, yes. nothing and uh, and brought it home for Olive. And before it even opened it, Olive was chewing at the bag to get to the food. And wow. when I opened it, crazy for it. Loves Did it. she really? I was throwing bits on the ground. It was like, like they were a treat. She was running around, chasing them, gobbling them up. Excellent. Yeah, she's, yeah it's a really tasty All food. over it so, like a rash. Nice yeah, one. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So certainly if you, if you haven't got anything sort of uh, – any sort of medical condition that you need the delicate care for, you can mm. head down to your pet shop and get the, the, the Cherish, Cherish brand of food. And and please buy more so that we don't have to have Robbie singing at every time we mention it. Yeah, on the show. But Madonna. also, be, well, you need a song for Zilkeen, mate, because that's our other sponsor. Yeah, Zilkeen, Zilkeen. What, what, what rhymes? What rhymes with Alpha Cazozapine? Um, um, anyway, while you're thinking of that, yeah, thank you, Zilkeen. <laughs> thank, thank you, Zilkeen. Thank you uh, for for your product. And yes. sponsoring, sponsoring our show. It's great for those anxiety, it's mild anxiety problems. Had a um, had a client this week uh, that uh, they had a cat that every time they went away, the cat got a little bit upset. Um, and uh, and you know, they'd go away for a weekend and would leave them with a timed feeder um, uh-huh. at home for, for a couple of, you know, just a couple of nights they'd leave it. And, and in each of the timed feeder co- compartments, they'd open a capsule of, of Zilkeen and just sprinkle it in just to keep the cat a little bit calmer so they didn't come home uh-huh. to a little bit of urine around the house. Nice one. Or the cat being stressed with them leaving. So I thought, well, that's a great, that's a good idea. Yeah? What Use a clever your, way to do it. Use it in your timed feeder. So there you go. And, of course, it's so palatable too. They'll just... Gobble it down. Munch it straight up. Um, I, I'm actually going to um, the uh, later on in the show. I want to. Uh, I've got the a segment that I call the grill, 
And so the, I want to, I've got a, a, a patient that that's been on Zilkeen then as well. So we'll go, we'll cover Zilkeen again a little bit later on, but thank Set. you to Zilkeen. And also thank you to our Patreon supporters. Oh. Um, yeah. People that have gone to patreon.com and, and searched up two vets talk pets and have joined on. And uh, so thank you very much for your, for your support. You know, we do uh, greatly appreciate it. And mh. uh yeah, you know, it's you can, uh, it's you can get you can get every episode a week early at the moment. We're doing well, that's mate. Right. That's that's two in a row, I reckon, that uh, wow that, that you're listening to this hot off the press if you if you're on Patreon. And hey, I did and uh, are you then adding on the amendments um separately for the Patreon listeners too? Oh, I'm so confused with all the, <laughs> the amendments that we're doing, mate. But yes, I do add, add them on at some stage. I'm just not sure when I can't get my head around it. But yeah. but I was talking to one of the millennial nurses at work and she was saying that when she she's she's big big on she said we need do need a a, a bit of um something to attract people to go to Patreon. And right. she thought when we talked about me getting bitten by something in Mossman Gorge, yes, and I had a photo of my foot with the actual bite on it, she felt we should have put that onto Patreon right. and people would have paid to have a a look at a photo of my foot. Excellent. Because I think that is a bit of a, a thing that people do pay for, but I'm not sure that's the sort of listener we're after, is it, really? So, so somebody that's got a penchant for looking at middle-aged men's feet that have got uh, got eel, eel wounds on them. Been, been bitten, heavily, sucked on niche. by an eel. <laughs> Very niche. niche. It's a that's a glorious thing about the internet, mate. If you're looking for a photo for any of anything, it's there. It's just do do you um yeah, and it's probably safer to put that behind a paywall because let's yeah. face it. If yeah, I mean, our, uh, maybe our Patreon supporters would be interested in that, but. If there was somebody that wasn't, and yeah. they just happen to be googling middle-aged man with a an eel injury on a foot, they may want to pay a premium price, Lewis. Yes. So maybe you could have just like a you know, um, if you only want to see the eel foot injury, well then for a hundred dollars you can see that, and maybe then you can send them a uh, an after photo a as well, or maybe a foot after. in a. How it healed after How the bite. Healed, that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a bit like what's that movie with Robert Redford and somebody, you know, everybody's got a price. Well, my price is three dollars on Patreon. Oh, indecent proposal. <laughs> yes. With Demi Moore. Yes, that's right. I've got a price and it's it's a two dollars on Patreon. $2 there you month. go. You can get all the all the foot shots you you want. But there is you definitely definitely, definitely a niche, uh, uh definitely a niche website in that. Absolutely. Uh, spot on mate and actually just quickly i had a there was a post on a facebook uh page i saw this week which a little bit relevant in many ways uh i i'm I, you know we all subscribe to our, our things and i guess a lot of stuff i subscribe to is behavior yep. related or you know pet related and someone put a post up hey everyone i'm wanting to help my sister whom is pregnant with preparing for the arrival of a baby in October and how best to introduce and prepare her three-year-old Kelpie. Would anyone recommend this book or any other resources? Thanks. Excellent. And they put up a screenshot. Would you believe it? My book. Lewis oh. says, Lewis, little Skirkham, tell your dog you're pregnant and send your guy for dog owners are expecting a baby. And they put up a shot of that. And I was like, just sitting on that. And then I was getting, it was nice. I was getting a few comments. You know, it's a great book. This is really nice, you know, and sort of, uh, you know, a few people going, oh, this is another resource I use. And I mean, that's, that's fine. And then I thought, all right, let's have some fun. So I've, I've put, I've posted on there under my name. I've gone, this book is okay. <laughs> 
And did anybody twig from then that they realised that you posted about your own book? I've got one person that's gone, okay, this book is amazing. And then, <laughs> nice. and then they've quickly underneath gone, oh, hang on. That dude's the, the author of the book. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a good bit of fun. I actually enjoyed it. A lot of people came on and said, oh, he's the man himself. You know, it was a uh, nice one. Yeah, yeah, it was very, I thought, yeah, people not going to get it. I thought, all right, it's late at night. I've had a beer. Let's do it. <laughs> a little uh, loose. Yeah, yeah, a little it loose. It was, you know, it was. Because I don't no... normally, re- I don't normally reply. I do get a little bit of that stuff. I don't normally, you know, reply to that. I don't really, you know, don't really want to or, you know, want to, you know, too much, but I thought, oh, here we go. And it was fun. Man, there's, there's, there's no better time for a middle-aged man to be hopping onto social media than at late at night when you've had a couple of beers. That is it, perfect. That's when we're at our best. Oh, and especially after being watching the opening ceremony and you had a little bit of shut-eye. <laughs> after you're waiting for Australia to come up three quarters oh, of the way through. Oh, no. The, yeah, the, the, the Japanese alphabet it was something I haven't. I haven't, uh, you know, studied up on recently, so I was a little bit confused as to when we were coming out. Oh, trying to trying to explain to the kids of, uh, okay, yes, yeah, so Greece come out first, and then and then yep. uh, then it's alphabetical, and then after that, then the host nation comes out, then all of a sudden, you know, Yemen comes out, and they, <laughs> uh, what? And then Israel, Dad, huh? you know, Dad, what's going on? A B C D E. This is very simple, Dad. It's like, well, you guys are you guys are learning Japanese. Surely you should have been able to predict this. <laughs> Spot oh, on. We had Excellent. um, yeah, I, I I was I was shagged. I was going to bed at like at ten o'clock, and the kids are going, oh, Daddy, where do they go? I, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't do opening ceremony. I don't do people dressed up as you know. You know I, I, I can't do the interpretive dance stuff. It was different. It was different. Yeah, contemporary dance. Yeah, it's not not my cup of tea. But anyway, it was uh, it was it was a good show. And uh, and uh, I um, I before we get onto the slam, I had this little article as well that um, yes, that I just I also got probably probably the same same period of time when I was uh, just uh, saying my book was okay. Yeah. Um, this is an article: uh, increased water viscosity enhances water intake. And reduces Rick's risk of calcium oxalate stone formation in cats. Oh, yeah. Water viscosity, hard yeah. water or soft water? Well, you just add some oil to the water, mate. Just, nice. Just, just, it clags it all up. Yeah, that'd be it. Just, uh, just go out to your, your local grease trap, your, your fish and chip shop, and they got yeah. me. Got any out of the back? Just viscous up the water a bit more, I reckon. I have some minimum chips and just fill up this uh, <laughs> fill up this Pyrex jug just with a little yeah. bit of your finest uh, finest finest deep fried oil. Thank you. How about that? And so I was I was intrigued by that. I thought, how's that go? So I, I like this. The, the very I did get the journal article. Very first paragraph. Simple summary. Right. Perfect. Good. I like that. It is that. exactly what you need. I like yep. that. Exactly. So, second read. Love it. Exactly. Increasing water take and decreasing urine concentration are recommended for cats that form stony concretions in the bladder. A concretion. Or, or urinary tract. I, some, sometimes I, we, we had to re-get our, um, re-get our, uh, get our footpath re, re-concretioned. Because uh, when, when all the renovation was done, the, builder, the builders wrecked the concretion. So we had to get it re-concretioned. I think I think sometimes you have a, a couple too many of those beers in the evening. The next morning you can have a really concretion something you need to get rid of. But anyway, <laughs> the purpose of this study is to determine if water with increased visco- viscosity results in increased water taking cats by taking advantage of the unique anatomy of the cat's tongue. 
Oh, right. And I, and I love this description. This is great. Cats delicately dip their tongue into water, pull their tongues back up to their mouths and capture the water that follows. Lapping occurs by fluid adhesion to the dorsal, so that's the sort of top part, top part. Of, the, of the tongue's tip, and by lifting a liquid column through the tongue's upward motion before jaw closure. Wow. There you go. That's a very – I really like that description. Cats have the ability to balance gravity and water surface tension just the maximum amount of water per lap. This observation leads to question whether changing the properties of water in a way that allows cats to lift more water per lap is possible. Increasing the viscosity of water was accomplished with 1% methyl cellulose. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. So yes. Like a, like a gel, like, um, like artificial tears. Maybe an ingredient that is palatable to cats. Oh, there you go. I think it's more like a fiber. Oh, okay, I think it's right, like a yep. natural fiber. It's, it's basically Metamucil, mate. Pretty Metamucil. sure. Metamucil. Yeah, yeah pretty, uh, pretty sure. Just sprinkle, sprinkle. Metamucil helps you out with your concretions. Yeah. Well, we'll do both, wouldn't it, at once? Exactly. <laughs> both, both tubes. Both tubes. You drink more and you concrete less. <laughs> <laughs> Cats consuming 1% methyl cellulose water had increased water intake, 25% and 21% higher at 28 and 56 days, respectively. And increased water intake reduces the risk for calcium oxalate stone formation. The benefits of giving cats viscous water is that they can increase water consumption without having to change their natural drinking behaviour. There you go. And this got me thinking, mate. Should we do? Could we do a, a two vets talk pets cat water? Oh, I love it. I love it. Do yes. you reckon? Yeah. What would you call it? Any thoughts on the name? Um, cat juice. Cat. cat Agua. Uh, um, Cats, Agua, uh, Aguafilanus. Oh, yes. Nice. Yes. yes. Something yeah. more catchy, though. Oh, okay. So, uh, cat, cat juice. Uh, to, cat juice. Uh, I'm trying cat juice. What do you get that. when you squeeze a cat? Yeah, maybe. That's another. Anyway. <laughs> not sure. But you might wonder, how do you make it? How do you make? How do, how do you make the cat juice? Good juice. Fancy should ask that, mate. Methocell E4M food grade modified cellulose Wonderful. was used to prepare the methocellulose water using a high shear mixer, 1% weight for weight, right. of methyl cellulose is blended into deionized water. Right. During the shearing process, the product was placed on, under non-atmospheric vacuum conditions. Excellent. Good. So I'm writing need, this all down. Yes. Need yep, to borrow good. your Dyson, I think, mate. Probably need the Dyson for that. Excellent. If, we, if we're going to do a, yep. you know, a, a, a uh, two vets talk pets cat juice. Put the Dyson over the Thermomix so, yep. that, so that as it's churning up, we're sucking the air out at the same time. Yeah. The, the yep. viscous water was then processed using ultra high temperature conditions. So we need it on the stove. On the stove. Uh, yep. With the Dyson. And the Magi mix, Thermomix, yep, yep. Thermomix yep, yep, yep. on the, yeah, good, good. Yep, yep, yep. 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 writing uh, this down, good. The product was then cooled by flash cooling. So we need a flash, flash cooler. Flash oh, good. I thought, I thought you were going to try and flash it. And I was going to say, no, no, that's no, that's no good. Maybe we could use an ice, an ice water bath or something, Lewis. Well, yeah, well, I think what they mean is what you go to, when you go to good guys or JB Hi-Fi go, oh, mate, that's a flash looking fridge. I think that's yes. what they're talking about. Just one like those. Just, just a flashy one. one. Flash looking one, flash cool. Excellent. Uh, um, oh, the heating was to 140 degrees. Not easy. Yeah, that's easy. Hotter. It's not your kettle, is it? It's a bit warmer. A little bit yeah, warmer. Yeah, yeah, a bit, bit hotter than that. Maybe two yeah. kettles. Put one kettle on top of the other. 
<laughs> with the with the Thermomix and the yep. Dyson all yep. in one. So it's a vacuum, Plug- shearing, heating and cooling. Right next to your flash fridge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, the product was then cooled by flash cooling. I said that in a vacuum sealed vessel. So you've got to cool it in the Dyson. Yeah, in, inside, in the Dyson inside yep. inside a um like maybe it maybe there needs to be another uh, like a, a really grand sized sealable bag with another Dyson attached to it. So we've got like a a, a Dyson a double, inside of a yeah. Dyson. Yeah, or sous-vide. We could sous-vide it. That would we could, we could yeah, sous-vide. That's, it. That would vacuum seal. You call it, it sous-vide or call it sous vide? Um, yeah, tomato, tomato, mate. Come on, oh, I've got no idea. I don't have a clue. It's it's all French to me. The measured, uh, the product was then cooked. Oh, I said that, and aseptically filled into a shelf-stable packages to maintain all re- relevant product characteristics, viscosity, and aroma. Oh, the aroma! Yes, yeah. you've got, you got to of, keep the aroma of that water. You know, proper. yeah, I do love a bit of methyl cellulose aroma. One percent, very nice. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. The measured uh, viscosity. My, my nose, I can smell it already. And as you'd know, mate, the measured viscosity of 1% methyl cellulose was 282 Oh, yeah. That's absolutely. A unit. Of course yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a unit we use quite often. Whereas the measured viscosity of deionized water was 4.9 centipoises. Oh, that's a, that, that's magnitudes of that's, difference. That's, that's, that's poles apart, isn't it, mate? That's, absolutely. Uh, that's many centiposes apart. I'm surprised that water's not jumping onto the cat's tongue. I'm surprised the cat even needs to put its tongue in the water. I think it, it just doesn't just it. open its mouth and it just jumps straight on. It goes, hang on. Is that 282 centipoises water I can smell? <laughs> exactly. <Straight> in. <laughs> exactly. So there we go. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, two vets took pets. Cat Exclusive. juice coming your way. Hey, well, we can take that to the cat show. We can go and get a. We can go and get a. a, a we, we can have Ron on one side of us and the and the grass man on the other. Yes, we would get some customers there, wouldn't we? Wouldn't yeah, we? Between great. the two vets, the, talk pets, talk cat water. Between the hat and the and the hat and the grass, we'd be we'd be the cat juice in the middle. I wonder, could you imagine, right? Could you imagine just for a moment? I know I'm, I'm, I've worked a lot this week, Lewis, so I'm sort of lost my mind a little bit. But could you yeah. imagine us having our own little little stall there, two vets, talk pets, cat water, you know? We've got we've found out that the, the increased viscosity is going to help to improve your cat's hydration. So, therefore, it's going to help out with crystals. And so, what we have, we have little sample bottles there of our of our uh, feline agua or agua feelus bottles there. And, we, and we've just got some injuries. Hang on, we've just got to fill up some some new stuff. Hang on, I just got to duck off to the toilet just to fill up some more. Shh, just feeling the little tap. Turn, turn the Dyson on. Turn the, <laughs> oh, mate, I'm just talking about just putting it in just normal tap just water. Normal, and you oh, and go, scam. You go. Yeah, no, yeah, we would not scan the listener. No, we're not. No, there is no way that a bottled two vets talk pets cats juice. He's going we've to be a, a scam, mate. We've got no enough way. stickers left over, mate. We can, we can just put the stickers straight on. We'll just stickers. put it just straight over the thing of the of like the Woolworths brand, you know, bottled water. Well, it's yeah. got two vets talk pets cat water. Well, that would be, it'd be kind of like that Seinfeld episode. We could have the kids out the back of the stand with the big slab of the Coles, the Woolworths, you know, uh, cheap, uh, you know, water, generic water, <laughs> drinking and drink, drinking the, drinking the water for us to then take to the toilet to fill up and put a sticker on it and bring it out as cat juice. There it is. 
Brilliant. Mate, I love millions. it. I love we've it. And, 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 and then, we, then, we just have a, then we just have a picture of Olive and Melvin just drinking it. See, look, we wouldn't use this on any cats other than ourselves. Our, exactly. our own. Exactly. Now move on to the to the to the guy in the hat. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate. Oh, I, I reckon you know what though? I reckon you get a good enough marketing behind it. It's got legs. It's got legs, mate. Because there's a study legs. behind it. There's, there's actually a study science. behind it. So, science. Science. Exactly. You know, look, have you ever wondered why your cat's tongues have the little spikes <laughs> on there? That's because yes. it's there to try and use the water's surface tension to try yeah. and bring it up. So what our Two Vets Talk Pets Fila Agualis does is it helps because through its increased viscosity from the 0.1% methyl cellulose actually helps to increase the surface tension, which means that every lap your cat makes, it gets extra in. 50% more water per lap. That's going to dilute the urine. That's going to help out urinary tract infections. Here, would you like a bottle? Good pitch, mate. Good pitch. And if any listeners out there want to back I, us, I, Shark well, Tank. Yeah. Shark Tank. Yes. Go to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> no, if they've got any listeners. Well, no, maybe we've got a listener who's like owns a factory that makes truck it loads of truck it. Bus, truck it. <laughs> What's that word? Anyway, makes a lot think, of it. I think I think this podcast is getting a little bit trucky. <laughs> yeah, as we go along. If they make lots of it, yeah. and they make big bags of one percent methyl cellulose, and they want to sell it, we're happy to drink the water and fill it up. Oh, at, with for methyl sure. cellulose, yeah, for sure. Let's get let's on to us. Do, to, oh. to stop pets. And, and 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 you know what? I think it actually harks back to the way that uh, that that cats' ancestors used to drink water too. You know, yes. like I'm, 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 I'm certain that the, uh, that the lions in Africa specifically look for the water holes that have got an increased viscosity. So that means that they can actually get more water per, uh, per lap just to try and improve their hydration. I'm dead certain of that, Lewis. Yeah, that mate. Is- and, and, and that certain of it, let's go, let's go to the scheme, I reckon. What All do you right. reckon? All- all advice on the show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. Excellent, mate. Now, you've got... Uh, you got... I'm, I'm going to... I'll leave that one for next week, mate. I think I've, I've prattled on enough. You wanna, do you want to do your one or... Yeah, I can do a quick one. Yeah, so yeah, I've yeah. got a little... Just a little article I saw about... Uh, and it was uh, quite poignant, I suppose, that... Um, I've had a few clients ask me, and I actually had one of the vets ask me about desexing and and behavioural disorders and whether you know spaying and neutering affects behavioural disorders, particularly dogs and yes. that sort of thing. And yeah, you know, well, there's there's not a lot of concrete stuff on on the behavioural stuff. So I did a little bit of research about it. Sort of, I thought, oh, you know, I've been giving this advice that I thought was correct. I better just check. So this came from this come from the Veterinary Information Network from the World Small Animal Veterinary Congress in 2017. So it's a few years old, but uh, yeah. it's still quite relevant. Um, and uh, it's it's a little bit of a, a summary paper about does spaying and neutering affect behavioural disorders in dogs. So the first question is, should spaying and neutering be delayed in dogs for behavioural reasons? So, you know, surgically altering dogs at six to seven months of age has been the standard practice for generations of veterinarians. Um, Within the last decade, evidence has mounted medically and behaviourally to indicate that for some individuals, alteration at a young age may have deleterious effects. With this said, there is a continuing evidence that spaying and neutering reduces relinquishment 
so being handed into the pound, and various unruly and sexual behaviours. The purpose of this paper is not to persuade the reader to be to a specific conclusion, but to present representative studies to stimulate critical thinking and discussion. Good. For question one, does early spaying increase the likelihood of aggression and fear in female dogs? Now, in a study done by Kim Yon and Haupt, uh, they found that dogs who were spayed show increased duration and deeper pitched territorial barking. Right. Right. So there you go. What's your D6? There you go. Yeah, that's I didn't know about that one. Duffy reported in a survey of uh, one and a half thousand dogs, owners who were also members of a pure breed, purebred dog breed club. So they're perhaps a little bit biased, biased. in that sort yes. of that sort of uh, sample size. That owners of spayed dogs were significantly more likely to report aggression towards strangers, fear of people, and sensitivity to to touch. In addition, evidence was presented to support that spaying increases into dog aggression, but only in certain breeds. In another survey by the same author of about three and a half thousand dog owners who visited the author's website to take the online survey. Mm. So again, potentially a little biased. bit biased. Owners of spayed dogs were significantly more likely to complain of a dog and owner, uh, complain of dog and owner directed fear and aggression, touch sensitivity and fear in dogs that were spayed. Um, but they did say that they did find that dogs that were spayed were calmer, whatever right. that means. So interesting. So there's a couple of studies there. Um, and there's a little bit, little bit on, uh, you know, does keeping male dogs intact protect them from cognitive dysfunction or cognitive decline? Doggy dementia, dog yep. Simers. Um, so Hart found that in a group of 76 male dogs that, male dogs that intact male dogs were significantly less likely to suffer from age related cognitive impairment with dogs living well into their teens. More dogs will be at risk for cognitive impairment and leaving them intact may slow these changes at the end of life. So that's interesting. That's something we don't normally talk about is no, is, is the chance of keeping your male dog entire will, um, will help with dog cognitive decline. Uh, this is an important one. I think that a lot of people ask, does neutering male dogs make them more aggressive or fearful? Yeah. And I think this is a common one. We think testosterone yes. is linked to aggression. Well, in the study of the same study, three and a half thousand dogs by Duffy, we talked about earlier and mentioned it. Uh, owners of male dogs were significantly more likely to report dog and people directed aggression in neutered male dogs. Right. Dogs who were neutered were less likely to urine mark. So definitely that's, that's certainly something yep. we, we do know that there's less urine marking from. Yeah, less from lifting customers. your leg and things like that when yep. you're on a walk. Yep. 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 And inside the house too as well. Yeah. Um, and were karma. So again, we've got this karma thing coming in. The dogs that are desexed, male dogs desexed were considered to be karma. Uh, far hoodie and zinc reported significant differences in levels of aggression in intact dogs versus neutered dogs. Dogs who were neutered at less than 12 months had the highest levels of aggression with dogs neutered at 13 to 18 months being the closest to the intact dogs in aggression level. In addition, fear and anxiety was significantly higher in groups of dogs who were neutered when compared with intact dogs. In this study, the target of aggression and the type of aggression wasn't identified. So it can make difficult to identify you know, specific causes. Was it territorial? Yeah. Was it fear aggression? Sort of what was the cause? So, so that sort of flies a little bit in the face of if your dog's a younger dog and it's starting to show some aggression or fear, 
you should, and to male dog, you should desex them straight away yeah. to try and reduce that tendency. And that's something that I'm leaning more towards. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that we need to weigh up, but if I've got a, a little puppy that's perhaps a little bit fearful, perhaps mm. showing a little bit of aggression, I do tend to say, let's delay it until at least over 12 months of age. If we can, if there's yeah. no other reasons for desexing, sometimes we think that maybe testosterone gives them a little bit of confidence and may help just a little bit with that fear related behavior. So, so that's something to consider as well. And then it goes on. However, in all three groups of neutered dogs, the level of aggression and fear was significantly higher in the neutered dogs than the intact dogs. Uh, Hart and Eckstein found that urine marking, mounting and fighting with other dogs were all reduced significantly or eliminated by neutering in 50 to 60% of the dogs. And we've known that for a long time. Um, there was no change in the behavior of dogs who had fear related aggression and territorial aggression in a similar study by Marshall Verd and Endenberg et al. 60% of dogs who were neutered showed a decrease in sexual behavior, intermal aggression, roaming and marking. In 50% of the dogs who were neutered, owners reported that dogs were karma. So we've got the car, this karma thing coming in again. Yeah. Still only, I mean, they say 50%, like it's still a bit of a crapshoot, isn't it? It's not like saying that it's, you know, yeah. oh, if you do this, it's going to calm them down. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. That's more for the uh, the karma stuff. Not sure about the percentage of that. I think yeah. that's more for the for the for the urine marking and the roaming stuff. Known to be about 60 percent. Spain Scarlet et al. found that dogs who were spayed and neutered prior to one year of age were more likely to exhibit noise phobias and sexual behaviours, while they were less likely to exhibit separation anxiety, inappropriate elimination when frightened, and to be relinquished. So that's what we mentioned earlier. It's less likely mm. that, um, that they're going to be given up. So in conclusion, they say, we can't make a blanket statement about what is right for all patients. And this is what we've been saying for a long yep. time. Uh, behavior disorders are not of singular etiology. So they don't have a singular cause. cause. It's not a simple yep. switch on and off. Clearly spaying and nutrient any age has benefits behaviorally, eliminating unwanted behaviors that increase the likelihood of relinquishment of giving them up is essential when looking at behavioral outcome studies to consider the environmental factors and genetic factors strongly influence behavior patterns. In addition, with the exception of the Yeon study, uh, one of the studies above the studies here are all retrospective or survey studies, which rely on owners reporting, which I think we talked about in the podcast, you know, well, it turned into about a journal club. It doesn't always give us the best idea of, of what owners perceptions and ideas on behavior can be easily, uh, you know, biased or, you know, modified by what they believe or, or anything yeah. at all. Anyone's opinion can be modified. Um, so most studies listed here use the same questionnaire, which is often a problem as with everything in med veterinary medicine, all studies should be looked at critically. Many would say that there is however enough doubt that a risk benefit analysis should be done for each patient when considering when to recommend spaying or neutering. And basically that's saying, talk to your vet. I think that we're the ones with the most up-to-date information that we can assess the, there's a lot of medical stuff about early neutering and, and you know, different ages. We've talked about this in the podcast, uh, you know, a few podcasts ago. So, you know, for instance, you know, I've got a fearful young male puppy dog. I might say delay, you know, delay the desexing to help with them with confidence. But then the owners might say, well, I've got an intact female at home or, or yeah, maybe I don't want babies. Exactly. Or maybe, you know, we're starting to year mark around the house and then we'll say, well, hang on, we need to weigh up, yep. you know, which sort of way we're going to go. So certainly talk to your vet. There's a little bit of food for thought there, but that's, that's really a quick summary of, of what the major stuff 
as far as science says. Yes. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's just another thing that we can just talk about in our, uh, you know, 15-minute uh, puppy vaccination. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So what are we going to do sex? Oh, well. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Or just yeah. direct them to episode 162, two yeah. pets. And that's, uh, like, I've been saying to people now, like, particularly with the fact that we're not just blanket saying, all right, we're going to de-sex your dog at six months regardless of what's going on. Um, I, I try and say to people, you know what? it's actually probably worthwhile coming and having a chat with us at six months so that we can actually see where your dog is at and what's going on. It's not just a nice, simple, here's one piece of yeah. information and then you're done anymore. You know, yeah. it's not, it, it, it should be more nuanced. We should be taking more time with when we make the decision. Um, so maybe, maybe that's just what we've got to do. And it's about educating our clients as well as ourselves about what are those things that we need to be looking at so that we make sure that we're making a more nuanced approach and a more individualized uh, you know, treatment regime, not just you've got a dog and it's mm. going to be de-sex at six months. Mm. Nah, 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 nah. And that's, and that's part of the thing of why I'd, like we've got friends that are that are looking at getting um, getting puppies and some of them are looking and they've already been de-sexed uh, prior to, 10 weeks of age yeah. when they get them. And it's like, you know what? You then don't, don't get to have that conversation. There's no choice. You know? There's no choice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If, you've, yep. if you've got an anxious little puppy and they're, and they're 10 weeks old and they're just once, once they got chucked in the bin three weeks ago, you can't get them back. Yeah. The testicles. Yeah. I know you're saying. Oh, your yeah. testicles. Yeah. 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 The puppy's yeah, yeah. Not, in the not the puppy. No. The testicles Woo. are in the bin. Yeah. A bit of a worry there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we um, if you've got any questions about that, you can certainly get on to us, uh, twovetstalkpets um, at gmail.com. You can sure even can. Leave, a, leave a comment on our YouTube channel, which you Ooh. might be watching this now, which looks like I'm going darker and darker because the, the sun is going down. The sun down. is going down. Yeah, I'm, I'm we, adjusting my ring light here, mate, so I'm not sort of uh, washing out too much. Yeah, lovely, yeah, mate. That's how really, professional yeah, I am. It's yeah. gorgeous, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, the, the YouTube listeners, listener, watcher. Listener. <laughs> The YouTube watcher will uh, we'll really appreciate that, mate. We did get a comment, a couple of comments, though, that have come in. Yes. Uh, Helen, Helen Chalker. Oh, Helen. Hey, Helen. There you, there you go. It says, yeah, hey. uh, Lily, Lily the cat loves watching you guys on the TV. Awesome. Gigi, Gigi her brother, is yet to be convinced. Yeah. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps roll a ping pong ball across the table. Nice. Oh, there we go. We could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, well, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, he'll enjoy seeing Ruben standing there over my yeah. uh, left hand <laughs> shoulder with his orange in his mouth before. Yes, and at about gag. a fifty-five minute mark. Yeah, we'll see gag. whether or not that gets him uh, gets him across the line. That was that was very cute. That old gag. And then she writes, "Or oh, Deb could guest host." <laughs> of course, what? Deb could. Thank you, Helen. We, right, Helen. We haven't you know, had that no suggestion. With that. We haven't had that suggestion for a while, Helen. We'll take that on board. <laughs> we did have Deb on the on last week's podcast, so uh, or the week before. Anyway, we're up in Port Douglas, but uh, but a guest host—that's an interesting thought. Thanks, Helen. Thanks. Why not? And then Suzanne Baker, uh, decal gal, decal gal, hey, is back. She's she left a got Hey, all. Glad to see you all on the tube. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Deb can be a guest soon. Oh, of course she could. Now, for Why those not? people who think I'm making this up, there is right there. I've printed them off black and white. And you can see for yourself if you're on YouTube, although it might be around the wrong way. I'm not sure. No, no, no. That's that's coming yeah, up you, all right you on can my read that. Yep, You can see that that has not been written by me. No, it's no, not at all. We have to, the the listeners, the two listeners. The two listeners, yeah. Suzanne two, that we've had. Hey, that's getting more. It used to only just be one person asking <laughs> every couple of weeks. Now we've got two in a week. 
Or we'd make them up ourselves. We've got to give the people what they want, Lewis. You know, yeah, and and well. and just to, maybe Helen will be interested in getting some of our two vets talk pets cat water, the cat Fe- juice. Fe- feel it, feel it, feel it, aquas. Yeah, feel it. We've got to work on feel it, aquas. Feel it, aquas. What about yeah. uh, cats? Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. That's a wrap, I reckon. Absolutely. Scratch you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.